Girl, there's a lot of zombies and very bad parenting going on in this episode. I mean, <laughs> and the end times and the I demons. <laughs> My God. Hi, Julia Benzavalli. Hey, Patrick Hines. You guys, okay, just so you know what's going on here, we're doing that thing where we're putting an extra episode in your feed every Thursday. Remember we did this last year with the Unsolved Mysteries, girl? I most certainly do. So this time we're doing Dateline, but only, only, only the Keith Morrison episodes. And so yeah. you picked these episodes. We put out a yeah. call to the listeners. What are your favorite Keith Morrison Dateline episodes? You told us and we're doing it. It's going to be every Thursday, 10 Thursdays in a row, starting today, going forward. So you're getting the regular episode every Tuesday and first, like starting today for 10 weeks, you're getting a bonus Dateline episode on Thursdays. Now, I want to say there already exists a wonderful podcast about Dateline. It's called Date with Dateline, hosted by Kimberly and Katie. They are amazing. I love their podcast. They are like the Dateline experts. So if you're looking for more Dateline podcasts, go check out A Date with Dateline. We're just, we're just riffing on the Keith Morrison over here, girl. Yeah. So they do a recap of like all the Datelines, all of them. Yeah. They're the experts. Yeah. They were here first at one yeah. zillion percent. Go listen to a date with Dateline. Totally. We fell in love with Keith with the Beatrice Six. Well, I always did. You shockingly <laughs> yeah. were like not on the Keith Morrison train. I didn't know. I am now dragging you on this yeah. joy ride with me with the Keith Morrison fun. Happy fun time, Keith Morrison. And just real quick, you guys, as you know, if you're looking for more Julian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 200, 220, 230 full bonus episodes to download and binge right this second, you guys. It's where we do all of our series from like Netflix and Oxygen and Hulu and all of that stuff. Yeah, we could have done this on the pates, but we didn't. We chose not to. Right. Look, we're not going to deprive you of Jillian's Keith Morrison impression if you're not on the pates, all right? Just my extreme love for Keith Morrison. So here's what we're doing. These first two episodes are kind of connected. Like the first two bonus episodes that we're giving you are kind of connected because yeah. everyone screaming at the top of their lungs about the Mommy Doomsday app, right? Yes, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if you know about this, but when you watch true crime documentaries for a living like we do, sometimes they fall under under our radar, off our radar. Yeah. So we didn't really know about the Mommy Doomsday story because we were too yeah. busy watching all the other stuff we're doing on a weekly basis. So right. the Mommy Doomsday episode called Mommy Doomsday we're doing next Thursday. So today yes. we're doing what happened to the children or what happened to JJ and Tylee because Daylight has done like six episodes on this yeah. whole case. And he starts, Keith starts the Mommy Doomsday up with like, well, we all know what happened. And I'm like, well, we don't, Keith. We're kind of new here. So we had to go back. That's the, my little like spiel about the whole thing. I got to tell you to you guys, this what happened to the children or whatever, this episode's only like 35 minutes. So like normally I'd be worried. No, I have so much to say. Never in my life, Patrick. Never I, I know. in my life. And my friends that I thought were my friends are now being called murderers. People were always either darker zombies or turned into zombies. And I was like, why are all these people in your life turned into zombies? And what happens to zombies? Seems like they are dying. She was obsessed about talking about it to the point where she was planting ideas to show me that she believed he was a zombie. Chad had told her, Tylee, she, was, she turned a zombie back when she became a difficult teenager. I said, Chad, I want to know where those kids are. He just said, for your safety, I cannot tell you. I get this phone call out of the blue. And Chad said, the Rexford police are going to call. Don't pick up. You get a message that there's 15 to 20 
police officers in front of Chad's house. And they said, yes, we did find human remains. How could you walk outside every single day and see the spot knowing that there are children buried underneath that dirt? Let's jump in, girl. We're going to the suburbs of Phoenix in the fall of 2018, girl. A heat was forming. Forbidden, cursed, and for some, deadly. A heat was forming. Forbidden, (laughs) (laughs) cursed, and for some, deadly. Keith, right off the bat, Keith, loving you. I had to write down when he said a heat was forming. What does that mean? Well, Phoenix. Yeah. It's hot. Like a heat. Like the heat is on. You know, people really people say that when like things are about to get, I don't know, hot, but not the good kind of hot. (laughs) We learned right at the top about this. This guy, Chad Daybell. He's a speaker and end times author. This guy writes fiction books about the end times. girl. (laughs) In my notes, I speak directly to Keith because I have. End Times author Keith, what? But the thing is, I'll do you one better. The rest of that sentence is... Chad Daybell, a speaker and End Times author, had offered Lori Vallow an aphrodisiac, the revelation they'd been married in previous lives. Many previous lives. Offered Lori Vallow an aphrodisiac. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Keith, Elizabeth, where are you taking me? I know. We're going to get all the backstory on this in the next episode. Lori is beautiful. And like, I guess we can say this because they're garbage. Like, Chad is not. And so you're no. kind of wondering, like, what is Lori's draw to this guy? And apparently he convinces her that they'd been married in the past lives. Like, in many, many previous lives. Oh, seven of them. Yeah. And Chad tells Lori He'd been around the block 31 times, 31 past lives. He was Martin Luther. He was Methuselah, who we should know who that is, apparently. I looked up all these people. I didn't know. I like. I Obviously, like you know the name Martin Luther from history. Martin Luther was a German priest and poet. Methuselah was a religious figure, oldest religious figure in the Bible, apparently, girl. All right. And so <laughs> Keith says. That was just the first of many revelations that Chad laid quite quickly on Laurie. This is one of the first of many <clears throat> revelations that Chad fed Lori. Keith uh, yeah. is over it from the beginning. Keith doesn't believe a word of this. And it's not like, wow, real hot take. Keith doesn't yeah. believe in the 31 past lives. But already he's like eye rolling and <laughs> winking about the ahem revelations. Have we talked about, sorry, quick side note. Have we talked about the fact that Keith Morrison is Matthew Perry's stepdad? No, but it's in my DMs, girl, on the daily. So I, I, I on the record, I'm aware. <laughs> How did Keith Morrison meet Matthew Perry's mother is my question. I don't know. I'm sure it's out there. It's Googleable. <laughs> I, I I have no doubt. Stay with Dayline, ladies. Tell us, how did they meet? I'm very curious. Oh, they totally know. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, what am I saying? Of course they know. Did I tell you about the time that I saw Keith Morrison at CrimeCon being how women were basically throwing their underpants at him? Yeah, basically. I mean, not me, but like, and I, I'm not <laughs> saying that in a way where like I would do that, but I understand. Stan, that's kind of the crime con game. The thing about this Chad guy is that he tells Lori. Now, Chad told Lori, they, the two of them, had been chosen, handpicked by God, to lead an elect group of people, 144,000 souls, who would usher in the end times and the second coming of Jesus Christ. 144,000 souls, as Keith says, who will usher in the end times and welcome the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, of course. <laughs> I was just like, they don't sound like a ton of fun. Although I I am open to reading his end of times fiction. I am open to that. Oh, I am not at all. <laughs> I have no interest in from Methuselah to the end times to I no, no count. 
me out. <laughs> Not even for the hate reading of it. No way. I <laughs> but let me tell you something. We got to get, because again, I have 37,000 pages of notes. Yeah. We're here with Melanie Gibb. She's Lori's yes. old best friend. Yeah. I call her BFF Mel. Mel? Yes. I have... So many words for you, girl. Most of these notes are about you, okay? Yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> she is canceling her Lady Patrons 5 subscription right now. You know what, Mel? Keep the five bucks. I'll give you this for free. I want to tell you this. Yesterday, I was in the park with Daisy and Steve. Some lady walks by goes, love the podcast. I'm a Lady Pate at the five. Hey, girl. <laughs> that's amazing. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> So we learned that they're looking for couples and people who are worthy of joining the cause. And so this is where we learn about Lori's older brother, Alex Cox. It was Lori's brother and disciple, Alex Cox. Brother and disciple. Disciple, yes. girl. And Keith, I don't know if he's a listener, but Keith also calls him Brother Alex, which is something we do. Like, oh, Sister Karen, <laughs> Brother Alex. I'm like, Keith, was that a little wink to TCO on totally. Dayline and Primetime? Thanks, girl. But I gotta say, like, these two, Chad and Lori, like, if they are the people who are leading us to the end times, like, they do not amass a big following. They've got Brother Alex. They've got Lori's niece, Melody. We learn about some energy healer named Zumelia. Or Keith does not believe in energy healing, but... By the way, he says it. And an energy healer named Zulema. He does not believe in that shit. I know. <laughs> so there's this conversation that Keith is having with BFF Mel that we get throughout, and we get it in next week's episode too, the Monty oh, Doomsday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, we get different yeah. parts of it. It's amazing. So they're outside of this like beautiful garden. Keith has like a bottle of Coke next to him, like like Coke the drink. And Keith is like, he has to stay diplomatic, right? He can't really have too much of an opinion, but it like comes out in such beautiful ways. For example, he's yeah. like, Mel, did they ever like explain what this new world was going to look like? And he, he's right. like, how did, how did they get you to buy into this? Did they ever portray what this world that would go through the tribulation would look like or this this group this this uh group and he like looks up and kind of like like punctuates it with a little move he's like this uh group am i right mel and mel's like no he learned that right from matthew perry's mother matthew perry's mother taught him that move right and matthew perry stole everything he knows from keith mars <laughs> Totally. <laughs> and Melanie's like, Keith, oh my God, like earthquakes were coming and different invasions were happening. And, yeah. you know, it's like a whole bunch of shit was going to go down. And so, like, when Keith reminds us, the date kept shifting, but soon. Right. <laughs> But also, where is the end days going to happen? Like, where is going to be the epicenter of the end days? And where would the righteous gather? Right here, according to Chad, near his home in Rexburg, Idaho. And they say all 144,000 souls that are going to be saved by Chad and Lori, they're all moving to Rexburg. Melanie tells us. They figured that most people would end up in tents and things of that nature, but they're like, we don't like to camp. So we're never going to be in the tents, Melanie. They don't like to camp, so they're not going to be in any of the tents. And I was like, yeah, Chad, Lori, I hear you, girl. I don't yeah. like camping either. They're, they're very, uh, like, Glenn Close. Like, we're not going to be in tents, Melanie. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. They're t like, they say this to Melanie, like, Melanie, well, who the fuck? Like, who do you think? No, we are the chosen ones, Melanie. Uh-uh. No tents for us. Look, if I am ever selected to lead the world to the end of days, I'm also not sleeping in a tent. You know what I mean? I can't imagine it's an easy job. He's got his end-of-the-world fiction he's got to write. You know what sure. I mean? The guy needs a desk. You can't do that in a tent. He's real busy. As we learn, yeah. he's real busy. Yeah. You know, it's all very secretive. It's a secret mission, and, you know, no one 
can know about it. They have untraceable burner phones. And I'm like, all right, well. But like, what do you mean? Like, my whole thing is there's no group. There's literally Chad and Lori and Chad's brother and Lori's niece and the energy healer Keith Morrison doesn't believe in. Right. There's no group. Like, they're they're not like communicating clandestinely. No one's paying attention because they're only five people. And Mel's like, don't I count for anything? Doesn't anyone love me? No, Mel. And also, the kicker is, Chad and Lori were very much married to other people. That was a shock to me when we got to this 10 minutes into this episode. Like, they are super in love, and it's almost like the meet cute of like, hey, I know you from seven previous lives when you were my wife. No, they're both fucking married to other people. Right. So now they go to an LDS temple, which is Church of Latter-day Saints, right? So they're Mormons. At first, they're Mormons. And so they go into this temple, and Keith reminds us. Chad and Lori went to an LDS temple, into the holiest of places in that faith and performed a do-it-yourself sealing ceremony, sealing themselves as husband and wife for eternity. Or so they said. So I originally, in my note-taking, wrote this as sealing. C-E-I-L-I-N-G. I thought they were doing some sort of aerial performance. No. Like, awesome. God, that would be wonderful. No. They're, they're like, sealing they're themselves right. to each other for eternity, yeah. right? Because, you know, in the Mormon faith, it's not this life that matters. It's it's the celestial right. kingdom. It's the afterlife, right? So we have reporter Nate, who is an NBC News contributor, but he's also a member of the LDS Church, so he knows what he's talking about. About. He's like, this shit is blasphemy. This would never happen. If they were real Mormons, they would never do this. Like, the whole thing, and I know this from having Mormon friends, or mostly ex-Mormon friends, mm-hmm. is that, like, they're the ones that, like, you're supposed to be with your family on your own planet for the rest of time, right? Like, divorce is not a thing in the Mormon faith. Right, once you're sealed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what the sealing is. You're not, like, sealed for, like, till death do us part. You're sealed for all of eternity. Yes, every every episode of Big Love, they talk about that at length. And again, <laughs> that's where my expertise begins and ends. But so, like, they're, obviously they're cheating on their spouses. They're trying to like seal themselves to each other even though they've already been sealed with other people. But you know what's really convenient though? What? Lori tells Mel that uh-huh. she, had a, she had a vision. She had a dream that her husband Charles died. And so I'm sitting here. I'm like, what? No, because Keith's voiceover goes, yes. Yes. But like he's <laughs> responding to us being like, no, yeah, bitch. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, girl, hold tight. We're just getting started. But I was like, Lori, look at your handsome husband. Look at your beautiful house. Why you gotta also be one of the chosen ones? Why can't this be enough? Why you gotta lead the 144,000 souls to the end of times and welcome Jesus Christ back yourself? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because she's not well. She's not a fan Why? of Lori. <laughs> Lori <No>. sucks. <laughs> So she has this vision, like, oh, Charles dies. And so a couple weeks later... Chad calls her up on the phone and says, I just want to let you know that Charles, something happened to him. He became this unclean spirit. So what, he'd become a demon or something? Or I guess you could call it that. They they later phrased it as a zombie. I wanted to point out that Keith Morrison is the first person to say demon in this episode. The word demon comes out of Keith Morrison's mouth. And Mel's like, no, <laughs> Keith Morrison. It's actually a zombie, which makes a lot more sense. And I'm like, Mel? Yeah. So the timeline is this. Chad calls Lori and is like, hey, your husband's like a demon zombie now. Lori yeah. turns to her husband, Charles, and says, Charles, I don't know what to tell you. You're a zombie now. Charles calls nine. 911 and says, um, my wife is telling me that I'm possessed by a demon, that I'm marked by death, that I'm actually someone, my demon's called Nick Schneider, and I've taken <laughs> over Charles's me, Charles. This is Nick Schneider talking, and Charles has to be killed, and Lori, my wife, is going to do that killing. So please help me. There's also so much more to this story. Like, we see this on the body cam. He's talking to the cops, saying, like, she's had kind of a break from me, Miami. He says, I'm Nick Schneider. 
I've taken over Charles' body, and Charles has been killed. I'm going to kill you. You're going to be murdered today or tomorrow. My wife said she was going to kill me today or tomorrow, and I was like, what was the determining factor there, by the way, Lori? Like, right. is there no urgency to the murder? Or, like, what's happening? Well, Chad didn't tell her when. That's why. Chad didn't tell her. But there is so much more to the backstory about, like, how he caught up with his own wife that night to get that story from her. It's bananas. We'll get to it next week. Right. So then Charles is, like, politely requesting a psychological evaluation for Lori. Right. She goes, yeah. who yeah. goes with her to the police station for this evaluation? <laughs> BFF Mel. Front and center on that security footage. And Melanie now, like, Melanie really is just here to spill all the tea. Melanie is like, I was with her. She was there for several hours. She passed easily and she got out and they thought she was completely normal. Yeah, a lot of people thought she was completely normal, including you, right? Oh, yeah, she was very good. She was slick. She really knew how to convince people that she was a good person. This is a woman who truly believes she was chosen by God to welcome in the end of days and bring Jesus back to planet Earth or whatever. But she passes this like psychological evaluation with flying colors. Everyone's like, right. "You're she's fine. And Mel's like, you know, like everyone thought she was normal. And Keith goes, yeah, yeah including you, Melanie. Right. Like, thanks for the interview and thanks for the tea, but you're not off the hook. You are part of the problem. Melanie is so complicit in so much of this. Melanie, stop yeah. with the act. Like, Melanie Melanie, like, feels nothing inside. They're, those are dead eyes. Like, like Melanie, girl, keep listening because I have some stuff to say to you. Oh, my God. So two weeks after the mental health evaluation that she passed with flying colors, Charles files for divorce and moves to Texas with JJ. And I said, my only question in this section is what took two weeks, girl? Your wife said that you were taken over by the body of a Nick Schneider and she was going to murder you and you stuck around for two fucking weeks, girl? Also, what kind of demon is named Nick Schneider? If you, If you're named Nick Schneider, like... Like, more power to I love you, but like, what, totally. Lori, what, like, Nick Schneider, like, what happened to Methuselah? I know. <laughs> right? Like, Nick Schneider, totally. he's, he's yeah. totally, don't worry about Nick Schneider. He's not here to hurt anybody. <laughs> you know, like, what? Yeah. So, Charles goes to Texas with JJ, who's seven years old, and Lori and their 16 year old daughter, Tylee, pick up and move to Hawaii. So, Lori goes to Hawaii to live with her friend, April. And April is here, and April, <laughs> the more. April yeah. talks. The clearer it is that Lori did not call ahead. Like Lori showed up in Hawaii and April was like, fuck. Like yeah. April was was like barely friends with Lori to begin with. Yeah. And Lori knocks on the door. And so April's like, she had several phones with her and she was kind of fumbling with them all and one would ring and she'd, you know, kind of go through all of them. And Tylee even made the comment. She said, mom, you look like a drug dealer with all of your phones. Tylee, the 16 year old is like, mom, you kind of look like a drug dealer. Like, what is that? I know. Oh my God. I just wrote shade for days, Tylee. Shade for days, girl. Right. And Lori tried to get April to be one of the chosen people but where it's like, wait, I thought you were, you, either you're chosen or you're not, right? Right, right, totally. Like, but either, either way, April declined. And I'm like, yeah, she just wants her own alone time with her white zin or whatever like april yeah. is, like has no time for any of this april moved to Kauai in hawaii like she moved to one of the smaller islands in hawaii for a reason i'm telling you mark my words Lori no did not way. call ahead Lori showed up and april is just all too happy to tell us the story so april's like yeah so with all the phones she also had pages and pages of doctrines and her idea mm -hmm. of like girl talk and gossiping was telling april who had the light spirits and the dark spirits on the planet she was talking about different celebrities and and their lightness and their darkness. And she was really anxious to tell me who the darkest spirit on the planet was. And she said it was Oprah Winfrey. This is the most high-pitched Keith goes. He's like, Oprah? <laughs> Oprah? 
Also, Lori, that's fucking racist. Just saying it. I mean, it's so fucking racist. Like, and Oprah? You know what I mean? Like, Keith says to say that high pitch. That's all it is. Oh, wait, Oprah. But I love that this Oprah revelation is also one step too far for Melanie. Yes. <laughs> She's Melanie like, is the- I was okay with the zombies, but Oprah? Absolutely not. <laughs> I gotta say, like, in general, calling Oprah the darkest spirit in the world, she's like, the, I don't know, the most popular celebrity of all time. Not a great way to recruit that 144,000 chosen ones, Lori. Come on, Lori. Not a good strategy, girl. So Mel is like, Oprah, I've had it. Like, I can't with the Oprah. So she goes to brother Alex, Lori's brother Alex, and Mel is like, I questioned him. I said, this zombie thing, I'm not too sure about it. And he says, 100%, Melanie, I 100% believe it. I gotta tell you, Brother Alex is Lori's ride or die. This guy will do anything she says. He believes everything she believes. Like, he is probably also not well, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, he's very ready to do Lori's dirty work at any turn. So now suddenly, we're like, cut to the spring of 2019. Lori and Tylee left Hawaii. April is thrilled to have the house (laughs) back to herself. And they just moved to Houston, Texas to be with JJ and the husband she's so annoyed that she has, Charles. So remember Charles is the one that, like, she said, you're actually Eric Schneider or whatever, and I'm going to kill you either today or tomorrow, but I haven't made a decision yet. She's back with this guy. She And, and more than that, he takes her back. And she's sealed to Chad. I know. Hello? I'm like, where's Chad been the whole time she's in Hawaii? We don't get a real strong timeline on how long she was there. Yeah, no, <laughs> April's like, eternity. That It felt like eternity. Right? <laughs> forever. She was there forever. And BFF Mel is has a lot of questions, too, because she's like, Lori, like, you hate Charles. You want to be with Chad. Why are you back with him? Lori had a plan. And she goes, well, I was told by the Lord I need to get his finances in order. Finances? Well, there was a million-dollar insurance policy on Charles's life. And, said Melanie, Lori was worried Charles might leave it to his sister, Kay Woodcock, J.J.'s grandmother. We learned that Charles had a $1 million life insurance policy on himself. And Lori basically moves in with him in Houston to make sure that she's still the beneficiary. Like, that's what she's there to find out. Yeah, because she doesn't want his sister, Kay, to get the money. Yeah, So Lori, like, she gets all the papers in order. She, like, makes sure she gets all the money. And the minute Lori feels like she's going to get the money, she leaves Charles again. Yeah. (laughs) Charles, like, girl, I still have questions for why did he take her back? Why? Yeah. So then a few weeks later, ring, 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 BFF Mel gets a phone call and Lori's like, did you see the news? And she said, hey, did you watch the news? I'm like, no. She said, Charles was shot. Charles was shot. Isn't it great? He was shot. Isn't that awesome? I love I love it when your Carol Baskin comes out. <laughs> She's like, he shot dead in the street. Isn't that amazing? And Mel's like, wait, what? So Alex, the brother, the ride or die and disciple, yeah. shot and killed Lori's husband, Charles, with some stupid excuse about, like, there was a fight about a cell phone or that, like, Tylee was involved and, of like, self out of self-defense, Alex shoots and kills Charles. If you guys want to be so enraged you can't see straight, we see all of this on body cam. They uh. come upon this white man who just shot and killed a person. The guy's got a fucking gun on him. He just shot and killed a guy. The cops roll up very politely 
politely make sure that the shooter is okay. Yep. And then calmly, without touching him, they ask for the gun, which he gives, and then they just sit him down on the sidewalk so he can collect his thoughts as they speak basically lovingly to him. Who lives here with you? Nobody. I don't live here. My sister lives here and my niece lives here. And you're yeah. just visiting? I was visiting for the night. I could not believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And nothing happens to Alex because they couldn't really prove anything. So Alex, like nothing, Alex just like kills a guy. Like that's my other question. There's so much more information we get in the next episode because I'm thinking Alex just killed Charles who is the dad of the two kids. Not the case. We'll no. get more into that in the next episode. But like mm -hmm. just has to be said if that was a black man or a person of color, he oh. would have been shot dead in the driveway. Easily. And then if you want to get more enraged, keep watching because Lori appears. Oh, and again on body cam, God. right? And she's with Tylee and Lori is just bored. She could not care less that her brother just shot and killed her husband. How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. That's why the neighbors don't know us. Gotcha. <laughs> like, hi, neighbor, sorry. We just moved in, so it's like, oh, hi, neighbors. Like, they don't even know me. She's laughing. She's laughing about the cops just told her that her husband was shot dead. Right. She's la this woman is insane. And normally we dance around like, well, you know, we never know what you do in that situation. Fuck yes. all of that. There is no <laughs> explanation for this behavior. Like, there's just, yeah. I am not making excuse. Like, come on. No, no, no. This is fucking bananas. She's basically flirting with the cop. The cop is basically flirting back yes. with her. Lori looks like a fucking million dollars in the body cam footage. You know, it's very dripping with the privilege of it all. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Absolutely. And then also Mel... Oh, Mel is like talking to Keith. She's like, well, I didn't think Charles would be shot to death. I'm thinking he's going to pass away. Like they would have a prayer. Maybe the spirit would leave and his body would just die. You know, if, if it was really true that there was if he was a zombie. And yeah, I, I just like I didn't see that coming. When Lori told me that Charles was going to die, I thought it was yeah. going to be really peaceful. Like the spirit would leave him and they'd have some ceremony since, you know, Keith, he was a zombie. And I'm like, Melanie, Melanie, wait a second. Yeah. How much yeah. did you believe yeah. it then? And how how much do yeah. you believe it now? You yeah. truly believed Lori when she was like, oh, like I had a vision. My husband's going to die. That you just accepted that one day he would just be peacefully dead? They say it over and over again. These people are like not, they're not just friends. They're Lori's disciples. You know uh. what I mean? Like they're like starting a cult, but the cult only has like five people in it. They're all idiots. And they all believe everything she says. Like it's fucking terrible. And this is where I made the note. Mel, Lori, April, whatever that woman's name in this way, all of them would have been in the gifting tables. Every last one of them would have been in the gifting table. Mel never would have made it past salads. <laughs> never. Mel, you're not yeah. dessert material, girl. You're just not. You're never no. going to be a dessert. Remember how Lori got back with Charles for like 24 hours so he, she can make sure that she gets a life insurance policy? Yes. That didn't pan out. That's not nope. what happened. But guess what? Good news in this crazy fucking cult. You know who else has a life insurance policy? Chad's wife yes her name is tammy and she has a life insurance policy too and he's like oh wait, wait wait and it gets even better girl i had a vision about her death too what about that and so like we're learning that tammy was also turning into a zombie again like are they literally thinking that they're turning into actual the walking dead zombies i think they think they meaning chad and Lori, that they're not like down with the program they uh -huh. don't believe in the same thing so they're a zombie because they, it's like the lamestream media and and right. Oprah, and uh -huh, they're just uh -huh. not falling in line with the end of days. And so, uh -huh. but also as Keith reminds us, like anyone they don't like or anyone
anyone who was in their way was conveniently a zombie and like had to die. That's really what it comes down to. And also, Melanie tells us that according to Chad and Lori, the great thing about Tammy, she was always so easygoing. Not that Tammy would mind so much, Chad told them. Wouldn't mind dying, that is. She'd understand. That's what he would say. She would understand. She totally would not mind dying. She would totally understand if that's what her husband's will was. And that would like help usher in the end of days. It would be fine with Tammy if she had to die. And Mel's like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Mel. Can I just go on record right now and say if Steve ever lets you know that I'd be fine with dying, I'm not. I'm saying I want it for the record right here. I'm not I'm not fine with dying. Is that cool with everyone? No, and like that's what I texted you earlier. I was like, what like just imagine a world in which I was like, girl, Mike's a zombie now. And then ten days later he's (laughs) dead. But what did I say? Speaking of ride or die, if you told me that Mike was a zombie and that 10 days later he was dead, Mike was a fucking zombie. I believe you. You'd be like, well, yeah. he had it coming. Cue Chicago. Right. Play yeah. it up. He had it coming. He had it coming. He only had himself to section ends with Keith telling us the mission is that Chad and Lori have to be together because they've been married and seven previous lives and mm-hmm. they're in love and Keith says to us their mission JJ of course I do there were still a few inconvenient people children zombies in the way but not for long not for long but not for long not for long and then he's like <sighs> Like you hear him sigh. (laughs) Keith is so tired. My God, let the guy retire. He's 90 fucking years old. He just wants to go to Kauai and stay at April's house with Matthew Perry's mom. God. He eventually goes there and it's awesome when he goes. It's amazing. So now September 8th, 2019, Lori, the kids and Alex, her brother, go to Yellowstone. We should say they've all moved. Like Lori and her kids and Lori's brother have all gotten townhouses like down the street from where Chad lives. Yeah, in Idaho because that's where the chosen ones go for the end times girl keep totally, up yeah. yeah and they and like apparently that's where Yellowstone National Park is who knew girl who knew so we see this like photo of them there and it's the last known picture of Tylee Lori's daughter it's like days before her 17th birthday and by the way she does not look 17 she looks like a 12 year old she looks very young yeah totally yeah and so a few days after this photo was taken BFF Mel goes to Idaho for a quote spiritual conference Melanie oh my god girl and so Tylee wasn't there because the kids you know 7 and 16 the kids were around right so Lori's like oh BFF Mel no 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 Tylee was at BYU Idaho that's Brigham Young University that's a college and I'm like wait wait Tylee is in college all of a sudden mel asks that question to us now but never looks at Lori and says what is your 16 year old doing at the university like what is happening and she also says it's so weird that Lori was able to get her into college because just like a week ago she told me that tylee was a zombie chad had told her oh she wasn't made a zombie just recently she was she turned a zombie back when she became a difficult teenager Mel says that with like a wink and a smile right now. And Mel, like yeah. none of this shit is cute, girl. Like yeah, none yeah. of it is cute. Like she wants to be this kind of like, I turned a corner. Like, don't you want all the tea on Lori? And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather justice be served and you all be arrested. Like, don't get cute yeah. with me, Mel. I'm not here for it. Or how about like all the kids still be alive? You know what I mean? Like right. maybe when she prophesied that the husband was going to die and then he did, you could have gone to somebody and been like, she probably shouldn't be with kids anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe someone should look in on the fucking children. Right. Well, actually, Mel's boyfriend, Dave, does just 
just that because yeah. Lori was finding ways like all throughout the spiritual retreat. They were in like their living room. I'm sorry. Right. Like you can be spiritual anywhere. I totally get yeah. it. But these people were in a cult and they murdered kids. And so fuck them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like JJ has been like troublesome. And like Mel keeps saying every time Lori opened her mouth, she was telling me like what a zombie JJ has become. She was obsessed about talking about it to the point where she was saying, look how he's behaving. He's look how hyper he is here. She was planting ideas to show me that she believed he was a zombie. And to my mind, he looked like typical JJ to me. And like giving specific examples, she's like, yeah, just earlier this morning, he climbed up on top of the refrigerator and knocked over my picture of Christ. And then later climbed up on top of the cabinets and wedged himself in between the cabinets and the ceiling and was like, scr like scratching and clawing at the ceiling. Right. So Mel's friend friend like they're dating David right. I don't know like Keith don't play coy with me what the friend it didn't even occur to me but oh good good for them yeah because they just broke up thank you Reddit which I've been on all day they just broke up they did so they oh, wait so you know they were dating well I assumed where I was like I even in, even in my notes I'm like friend in quotes like I love that you're the TMZ of this like weird Mormon cult <laughs> Mormon cults are like my wheelhouse I'm obsessed so Dave Mel's friend who went with her to the spiritual thing yeah he's like and you know i'm looking at the cabinets and i saw absolutely no sign of any damage of any kind not even a scuff you knew right away she was lying to you yeah so i just said i would like to see jj and i just i wanted to see him and she said oh alex he was out of control so i had alex come and get him like let me see this demon child myself if like i can't see any of the evidence of the damage and Lori's right. like oh my god i'm sorry i actually can't produce my son because my brother alex he was so out of control i just said hey alex can you just come get jj thanks so much yeah and this is where i have the big note like did alex ever get in fucking trouble for murdering her husband like right. did anyone look into that not really no so the next day, we learn Lori checks JJ out of his school and no one ever sees him again. I think what they mean by checks him out of school is she goes to the school and says, like, my son's not going to come here anymore. Like, I don't think she went and picked him up from school. I think she just went to the school and was like, don't expect him. He's not coming back. She, like, unenrolled him, whatever exactly. that term Thank is, you. That's, right? a, that, that's how you say that in one word. <laughs> is, is unenrolled a word? It, fe it yeah. really sounds like it's not. No, it is for sure. Okay. All right. I trust you. And and then we learned like a week later, Lori rented this storage unit. Here are high resolution images of Lori and Chad moving items in and out of the unit on the same day. We later learned Lori bought wedding rings for herself and the still very married Chad. Keith, girl, you and I both know that's not high res. Come on. I know. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, they've got this like footage of Lori and Chad moving things in and out of this mm -hmm. storage unit. And like we don't learn anything. I think they just wanted to use the footage. Well, they wanted to use the footage because they're all over each other. And Keith's like, by the way, notice Chad patting Lori in a very affectionate way, shall we say? He's like patting her on the ass. They're like yeah. hanging all over each other. They're very much together. We learned too that like they are running around town all over each other. They're going for long walks at the university. They're like in public kissing and holding hands. Chad, we're going to learn, has been married to this woman, Tammy, for like 30 fucking years. It's a small town. And like they were not worried that either Tammy was going to see them or somebody who knew Tammy and Chad was going to see them. Like they just did not care. Yeah, and apparently their excuses were like, oh, she never comes out. She's like, she doesn't know anything about Tammy. And they thought yeah. Tammy was an idiot. But the thing is, she really wasn't an idiot because she no. was suspicious and she confronted Chad. In fact, Tammy did become suspicious and confronted Chad. Is that right? I had heard that from Lori that she became suspicious. Do you know how she confronted him or what she said? 
No, I, I don't recall. She just said that she was. And less than three weeks later, Tammy died in her sleep. Another death Chad had prophesied. You guys, I jumped out of my fucking chair. And Chad has the prophecy, and then Tammy's suspicious, and the storage unit, and then Tammy dies in her sleep. Come on. We learn that Tammy is buried in Utah without an autopsy. Can we get a law on the books in every fucking state? If somebody dies mysteriously in their sleep, let's just get an autopsy, just oh. for good measure. Even if we don't need it, let the medical students practice the autopsy shit. Like, let's always get an autopsy. I could not agree more. So then it's like, the day after the funeral, Funeral, Chad and his five kids. We never hear about these five kids ever again in this episode or the never. next one. Where the fuck are Chad's five other kids? I know. We do hear a little bit in the next episode about this. I've gleaned that the kids were adults. Because remember, Tammy and Chad have been married for 30 years. Uh-huh. So I don't think that they live with him. But Keith Morrison never makes that clear. Because the story is like... And after the funeral, we found out, Lori invited Chad and his five children to her townhouse. I believe they came over to her house and had cooking and they fell in love with her. That's what she said. And according to Lori, that's when all the kids just fell in love with her. And I'm like, really? The day of their mom's funeral? They're all like psyched to be having cookies and milk with you, you fucking bitch. Oh, I hate her. (laughs) Oh, I hate her. We we also so far have been deprived of a, like of a Bravo style movie of this with Connie Britton playing this woman. Tell me Connie Britton shouldn't play this woman. That The hair on Connie Britton. I know. know. And like, I mean, obviously she's a demon, horrible person, but the hair on Connie, like it's a good match. I think it's good casting. And Connie could do it. She's amazing. She could do no wrong. Watch Friday Night Lights just for her hair. Honestly, it's so good. She's so good. She's got the kind of hair that is so great. It's like so thick. She like sometimes like just doesn't know what to do with it. And it's so bouncy and like shiny and absolutely perfect and thick and beautiful. Connie, thanks for being a lady paid at the five. (laughs) Loving you. We we really cannot thank you enough. We also <laughs> learn that Chad pockets $440,000 in life insurance. Here's the other thing. When somebody dies in their sleep, can the insurance company investigate that? Yeah, when, when she's not you know? like a 98-year-old woman either. You know, you would think, if nothing else, you would think that the insurance company would demand an autopsy. No? Like, if you have a spouse that takes out that kind of money on you, there needs to be an investigation. There always needs to be a fucking investigation. Two weeks after Tammy's death... Chad and Lori head to Hawaii to get married. Right. <laughs> Probably April was the flower girl on the beach. Like begrudgingly, like, oh my God, Lori, you have to call I, first. <laughs> Lori just assumes they can stay with her, you know just what I like mean? Just like shoves this heinous dress in April's face like it fits. <laughs> So late November 2019, you know, because they had to stay in Hawaii for Thanksgiving in April. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and, and, Lo- and Lori has all these dietary. Ooh, April, is that what you're making? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. well, because Chad has this like gluten thing and I'm like not having sugar. So that's Lori. Oh, what a bitch. Totally. Yeah. But also like hammered on Chardonnay at like 830 in the morning. You know what yeah. I mean? And a fucking murderer. <laughs> like, and a murderer. And she killed oh, her kids. Yeah. So this is late November 2019. They return from their their honeymoon in Kauai. They settle in Lori's townhouse. And like pretty quickly, the police come knocking on the door. Because here's where we learn like a wrinkle about their son, JJ. JJ was, we're going to learn this in the next episode. JJ was actually adopted by Charles, the the husband that got shot, and Lori. Mm -hmm. Not their biological child. JJ is actually the son of one of Charles's cousins that Lori and Charles adopted. 
adopted. And he has grandparents, and their names are Kay and Larry Woodcock, and they're very close. They're the ones that got the million dollars, by the way. They're the ones that got the, the life insurance payout. Right, so Kay is Charles's sister. Yeah. But he, she's also the grandparent to JJ through this adoption. That's how Don't that try works. to make sense of it. We don't know how. It's a very convoluted family tree, but that's the story. But Kay and Larry love JJ very much, probably wanted custody of him, and they were very close, and they haven't seen or heard from him in three fucking months. I needed somebody to put eyes on JJ. So, November 26, 2019, Kay picked up the phone to contact police. And without that call... Well, who knows if any of this would have come to light. So they finally call the police and send the police to Lori's door looking for their grandkid. Right. And so the first thing Lori and Chad do is call BFF Mel. Yeah. Chad calls Mel and he's like, Mel, don't freak out. The cops are about to call you. Don't pick up. And if you do, just know that Lori told the cops that JJ was with you. So just don't answer. And if you do, just lie for us. Okay, bye. And Mel is like, what? And she's like telling the story now. And I just have, and then I have like an all, a period after every word. How did they think they would get away with this? Right. And so Mel is like. And because he was nervous, that sure made me feel uncomfortable. This made me very uncomfortable. And I'm like, uncomfortable? Yeah. Uncomfortable. No, no, no. They ju- wait, wait, wait. They just told the cops that their missing child is with you and then telling you not to answer. Uncomfortable is the wrong word, Mel. And then, and then after Chad gets off the phone with Mel, Lori calls Mel because Keith asks Mel, was Chad, did Chad sound fine? Was he being cocky? No, Chad is very fucking nervous. When Lori calls to talk to Mel, it's a whole different story. Hey, girl. Because you know she heard Chad in the kitchen acting yes. like a nervous wreck and she <laughs> to call and do damage control. Lori calls and says, hey, everything's fine. Oh, I told him that JJ was with you. You guys were at Frozen. So she said that he was visiting me. We were in a movie theater watching Frozen. Go ahead and just get your camera out and take a picture of a whole bunch of kids. Look, here's how you just solve this. Just take a picture of a random group of a bunch of kids and text it to me so I can show it to the cops and point out that one of them looks like JJ. And Mel now is like, so not only are they asking me to cover for them and lie, they have been lying to me because Mel expects us to believe that she's also been asking them, where is JJ? Right. No, she has it because she knows because she always knows. But I love this because Keith is like, Mel, this is when you finally came to your senses, right? Like it's it's finally clear that they been lot uh-huh. like you see that now Mel do you right. see that now <laughs> right please God and Mel and Mel's like oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely right. it was that was it was hard it was a horrible moment for me I can't really describe it and I'm like wait Mel has no emotion at all yeah like and still we don't know like like my thing too is when your friend calls you and says lie to the cops also take out like an incriminating fake picture and send it to us and in your brain you now know that this kid is probably fucking dead can you please hang up the phone and call the police right away, Melanie. Can you please just say that, yes, of course, I'll do that right now, Lori. Hang up the phone and call the fucking cops. I get the sense that that's not the chain of events. No, and like, did she find 15 random children and take that photo? And and the cops, and even worse, the cops are just like, okay, and turn around and walk away. It's like, how do you believe like Chad, a sweating bullet's a nervous wreck, and Lori's like, nothing to see there. Everything's totally fine. And then the cops are like, 
Okay. These are the same cops who dragged a dead body out of her house like two months ago and calmly sued the white guy with right. the gun on the sidewalk asking if they can get him a fucking latte. Like apologizing like for the inconvenience yeah. of having to drag yeah. out the dead body that he fucking killed. Right. Yeah. Somebody ask a question, you guys. Can you please somebody ask a question? So then Mel, like days later, days after this, like, t- please take a picture of 15 random children. Like I will never get over like <laughs> what horrible I, I, of a lie that is. <laughs> days later, it takes her days. BFF yeah. Mel confronts brother Alex. And this is barely a confrontation. Like, Mel does not know what the word confrontation means because she does no. this more than once where she's like, I confronted them. Mel, no, you didn't. Because no. Mel asks Alex, Do I want to know what happened to JJ? Because that little feeling inside was going, there's something kind of weird going on. He goes, you don't want to know. And I thought, whoa. And Mel so succinctly says, and I thought, whoa. Melanie Elizabeth, <laughs> are you kidding me? And we learn in the next episode that Melanie actually does eventually call the police. So the police go back to Lori and Chad's house with a search warrant. But we find out by the time they got there, you guys, Chad and Lori skipped town. Guess where they went, girl? Back to April's. Hawaii. (laughs) April has moved or she's changed her locks. She's gotten a new phone number. April's like, get this fucking woman, Lori, away from me. I also get the sense that Lori and Chad think that Hawaii is another country where they can't be extradited. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what is their obsession with Hawaii? You really get the sense that they think that if they're in Hawaii, they're too far away to get in trouble for this. That's not how that works, girl. That's a really good point. Why? Yeah. So that that guy, David, who went with Mel on that spiritual retreat or whatever, right. now he's getting in touch with them. And he's saying, we want to know, like, where are the kids? And he's being told by Chad, for your own safety, I can't tell you. You guys, you got to start ripping the walls down. You got to start checking, like, dig up the basement. You got to find the fucking kids. Right. And Mel's like, it was a very unnerving phone call. Um, these were my friends, and now I was confronting them um, that they potential killers. Did you ask them about the whereabouts of the kids, mm-hmm. the whereabouts, and why they wouldn't say? Yeah, I, where are they? And uh-huh. there was no response. Yeah. Okay, we hear this phone call in the next episode. I got news. It's, it's really not. not that. It's like they're like they're very calm in it. But so yeah. like Mel says, like where are the kids? And Chad and Lori don't respond. Mel calls them the Antichrist, and that's kind of it. Like nothing happens. <laughs> and Keith is like, "How did you feel after that yeah. phone call, BFF Mel?" And she's like, "Um." shaken I guess and I'm like cool story Mel this is weird we also then learned that after this phone call Melanie goes into hiding right so Melanie does a lot of bad shit here but she has a very overinflated sense of her importance to this whole thing you know what I mean like could she have solved it yes did she need to go into the underground Mel I think you're okay girl as long as you're not going to April's and Kauai (laughs) you're gonna be fine right because she was like well Chad and Lori are gonna think I'm a zombie because I'm in the way and then suddenly like Mel's not waking up in the morning right and I just wrote in Hiding from who? Like, who are you hiding from, girl? Methuselah. (laughs) So now, because, I mean, at least enough people are talking about it. The story is all over the news. Like, Kay, the sister slash grant, like, they're going to keep talking about it. The story is all over the news. And now, people are actually finally looking for JJ and Tylee for once. Law enforcement is finally on the, like, offensive. And, like, they law enforcement releases a statement that Lori knows what happened to the kids or where they are, but she's refusing to work with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about this. It is been months since anybody has seen these kids. Did they expect the world to 
end within that time? I think they did. I think I mean cults like that, those doomsday cults, they really always have an excuse for why the world didn't end on whatever day. Like there's uh-huh, always a re- it's uh-huh. like oh cuz our job isn't done. Like they truly are not thinking clearly. They are not well. So then December 11th, the cops are like, "Okay, we know that Chad and Lori are really fucking sketchy." They exhume the body of Chad's wife Tammy. Mm-hmm. And like we're coming to the end of the episode and Keith is saying like, "We don't really know what they learned at this point. We'll find out in the next episode." But like they exhumed the body and like basically Chad and Lori are the subjects of the investigation. They've not been named official persons of interest. It's fucking crazy. And in the meantime, Alex, Lori's brother who killed her husband and nothing was done about it, that guy, yeah, he's dead. Like, well, who fucking cares? This piece of garbage. Like, Lori's older brother slash disciple, they keep saying. The guy who was completely in on the insurance scam to kill the husband and get the million dollars is dead. I don't care. I don't care either. Because and guess what? I really don't care because suddenly we're with Keith driving around Hawaii with the top down. The music changed. It's all badass. And Keith is like... In January, we went to Kauai looking for Lori and Chad and found them at a fancy resort. Dateline tracks down Lori and Chad in Hawaii. You guys, this is amazing. And they found them at a fancy pants resort. Like they're just yeah. like living it up in Hawaii. And one of the one of the reporters is like, What do you guys have to say to the people who are looking for your kids? Hey, are you looking for your kids? Do you have anything to say I for know. people who are actually looking for your kids? And they're like, Nope. The thing is, we'll get more of this tape in the next episode, which I am totally obsessed with. I am obsessed with this tape because Lori and Chad are not expecting a fucking camera crew. And all of a sudden, like, Dateline is in their face. Lori is wearing that trashy, like, mini skirt with the word Hawaii on the butt. It's so trashy. But th- this footage is like, it looks like they're filming a reality show. It's like, it's like Britney Spears trying to get out of Starbucks. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. And but it's like Lori Vallow, a fucking murderer. I'm like, what is yeah. what? Like Dateline. Oh my god. And they're like, no. Come. The, the thing is, though, like Lori and Chad are like not prepared for this. Like they don't know where to go or what to do or what to say. Like again, I think they. They just thought they were going to get away with this. And I i mean, is that the first time they knew that like Dateline was fucking onto them? Because girl, I'll tell you right now, if I ever do anything in Dateline, like jumps up with a camera in my face, I know I am fucked. Oh, oh, I mean, you're, it's, you're, it's over. It's yeah, over. Yeah. Even if they have you, to make six episodes about the same right. exact story, which is basically what they've done here. Still, they, Keith is coming for you with the top down and the music up. He's coming for you. But the thing is, so like Dateline is there. They've tracked them down. Three weeks later, Lori is arrested in Hawaii. She's flown back to face charges of desertion and contempt of court. We'll learn in the next episode that a judge like finally like produces an order for her to to produce her children and she doesn't do it and that's why she's arrested in Hawaii and brought back. Right. So now Keith tells us he's like you know it's Tuesday June 9th which during the the airing of this Dateline episode was 13 days ago. Says I Keith, know, I know, which is bananas. crazy. So remember reporter Nate, who's like a member of the LDS Church and also just like yeah. on top of it. Yeah. He gets a text from a friend of his. 7:13 a.m. Nate Eaton of East Idaho News heard his phone chirp. Text from a friend. Did Nate know they were raiding Chad Daybell's house? Tons of cops there. Remember, Tylee and JJ have been missing for nine months, yeah. and now it's all about to come crashing down. Nate tries to drive down the road, and he can't get down the road, so he gets in a fucking helicopter. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> And Nate is seemingly the only person in news in this town who was on this story. And he's flying over Chad's house. But Nate is saying, like, I assumed they were going to be taking things from inside the house. And he's like, but they weren't in the house at all. They were in the backyard, like, 
digging. So now Nate knows they're like looking for bodies. Right. And the thing is, like they find the bodies of Tylee and JJ in this yeah. backyard. And so, but as they're digging up the remains, Chad gets in his car and leaves. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Can we keep an eye on the homeowner when you're digging wait. for bodies in the fucking backyard? Can we just yeah. get eyes on the guy or right. because he just bails? It doesn't take them look. They follow him like down the street. They pull him over and they arrest him. I just wrote, the cop pulls him over. No, girl. You can't leave when we find bodies in your backyard, girl. They're also like, basically, I'm assuming a bunch of TCO listeners filming the whole thing and screaming about it at the top of their lungs. The passing driver recorded the arrest on her cell phone. People are driving by on the streets with their camera phones, seeing this guy getting arrested. Like, this is like the lore in their town. Like, my God, these are the creepy fucking people who live in the townhouses whose kids haven't been seen in nine months. Like, everybody has an opinion about what happened. So it's confirmed, the remains are confirmed that it's Tylee and JJ. It's fucking heartbreaking. And Chad is charged with two felony counts of destruction, alteration, and concealment of evidence. And I'm like, not murder, though, huh? Not murder? We're going to save murder? I know, I know. And, And eventually the same thing happens to Lori. They're both being held on $1 million bail in separate jails. And another reason to not give a shit that brother Alex is dead, we learned because court documents were unsealed. Ha, there's that word again. Um, Like yeah. hours before <laughs> this episode aired. And again, we see the on-screen text that says like these were like unsealed two days ago. Yeah. So like Dayline is really fucking on top of it, you guys. Don't commit murder. They're going to come find no. you. But they are saying that like the night after we know JJ was last seen, brother Alex's phone is pinging in the area of the backyard of the house where the bodies were found. Like, they're able to triangulate the location of the phone to within feet of the grave. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing after the, the last day right. that anybody saw Tylee. They're able to pinpoint his phone to that backyard grave site. So, like, they're able to conclusively say that this guy, Alex, at the very least, was burying the fucking bodies. Yeah, I, I don't care if he was in the in the upstairs bath. If he was anywhere on yeah. that property, he's connected yeah. to that. That's really great. Thank you, technology, that we can get him feet away from it. That's great. But if he's there yeah. at all at yeah. two in the morning he did it come on right so chad and Lori are being held on a million dollars bail like it ends with a lot of questions from keith but mill has to be like i saw him as the hand and her as the puppet on that hand they were both like gasoline and fire equally destructive to each other so in a way they both had deception in them <laughs> that's for and sure they both lie and i just have in my notes highlighted shut up mel just shut <laughs> up he's she's like they both yeah. had deception in them and keith like does a spit take he's like yeah that's for goddamn sure mel <laughs> mel not helping yourself out here girl mel shut up We did date. What's this one called? This one is called What Happened to the Children or What Happened to Tylee and JJ. You guys, the next episode, next Thursday, you are going to get all, like, everything that was missing from this episode and more, all the marriages. You are oh. going to get so much more tea on this case in the next episode. Oh, my God. Um, If you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over, like, 220 full bonus episodes to download and binge right now. It's all the long-form series, the HBO stuff, the Showtime stuff, the Oxygen yeah. stuff, Netflix, all the ones that have, like, four or five, six episodes, that's where we're doing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also join our Facebook group, you guys, True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. Um, all right, you guys, we love you. We love you. Thanks so much. And like, come join us on this roller coaster, won't you? Ten yeah. weeks of Keith Morrison Dateline. I could not be happier. <laughs> join <too>. us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. But we're learning that these two, these two hooligans, Lori Bellow, and and what's the other guy's name? It, it's Lori, Lori Vallow, Lori Vallow Daybell. 
and then Chad Daybell. I don't on. know what is happening with my notes. I don't think either of them have particularly dark spirits, but if I had to choose, it would be Gail. You know what I mean? She will cut a bitch. Okay, I never knew like how we where we stood on Stedman. I just knew that he was like a like, name yeah, that comes up yeah, with Oprah, but I didn't really know which side I fell on. With this, team Stedman for sure. We're Team Stedman over here. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. Not intimidated by being with a strong woman. You know what I mean? Like oh, she clearly yeah. no, makes great. more money than him. He's fine with it. She makes more money than everybody. <laughs> I guess Stedman is just like she's Oprah. Like you can't just try to be like, well, I contribute no. too. Like Stedman yeah, just. No. You. <laughs> Let her pay the mortgage, Deadman. Oh, we we are like burning in the pits of hell too, by the way. So our all we get to hang out with Oprah finally. That's fun. To which I I made the note. Can you imagine God giving a fuck about somebody's finances? The only person God gives a fuck about their finances is Oprah. If we're being honest, right? You know what I mean. <laughs>